0: Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast presented to you by Prime Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time real quick to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages top quality gloves and apparel as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the Beautiful Game Network for giving us a platform to reach more soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. Check out the website, www.bgn.fm, for more great podcasts and written content. So without further ado, let's get this episode going. So welcome to our Last Line Soccer Podcast listeners. Uh, We've got a very special guest today. Very excited to introduce him and talk to him a little bit and get to know more about him, more about his career, and just get some thoughts from him on on goalkeeping. So without further ado, uh, current Birmingham FC goalkeeper, Trevor Spangenberg, thanks for uh, stopping by and talking to us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think you've got a very interesting story in terms of just like your career, your path and everything um, so I just wanted to get more more insight basically learn a little bit more about who Trevor Spangenberg is I know he's had a great career so far so I want to get a little bit more detail see how he's gone on that path how he's gotten to where he is um, and just see where it goes from there
1: it's been a journey so far um, I've loved it I loved every step of the way of it uh, I think this is my sixth year as a professional now Um, But I'm from a a small town. Well, I'm from Valparaiso, Indiana, which isn't too small, but I went to a very small high school. Where is it? You said Uh, Valparaiso? Valparaiso, Indiana. It's top northwest corner. I'm about 30, 40 from Chicago. Okay. So I went to a small high school, though, um, and then ended up playing at Missouri State, which I loved. Um, Nothing but good things to say about them. And uh, ever since then, I've just been on the journey as a pro, you know. Bouncing around a lot, but I don't mind it. You know, it gets me to see new places. And that's exciting.
0: I definitely understand that. So let's re- let's rewind a little bit. Um, let's talk about the youth soccer scene a little bit. How you got involved in soccer um, from a very young age. Um, just you know, was it top level soccer? Was soccer always your first love? Um, talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I play. A l- I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, you know everything the baseball soccer basketball did it all Um, just a big sports fan and then around around middle school or so I was you know really starting to concentrate just on soccer I could you know I I could tell I had a big passion for it Uh, and that's primarily when I started playing you know mostly only goalkeeper and really loving that and making that my focus Um, so why goalkeeper you know what? I always say it's just because I got tired of running around. Right? Honestly, I, 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 I
0: ask a question basically every single yep. episode to goalkeepers, and that's my answer. Like, I hated running. Absolutely hated, it. still hate running yep. to this day. Yep. And then it's like I just got in goal, and I was decent at it, so I was like, why not keep trying this? And I feel like that's yep. a, a lot of goalkeepers are kind of either just like, forced in that role or it was just like you know I just don't want to do this running
1: thing anymore exactly and I had done all the baseball and the basketball so you know I had the hand-eye coordination and yeah. things just kind of seemed to come naturally to me and I was like you know I really like this I'm gonna kind of I mean we'll be the first to say it it takes a special we gotta be a little crazy you to gotta be, a be, keeper. A you gotta be crazy because <laughs> you're getting in the way of things that most people don't want to get in the way of so and that just but I love that aspect of it and so I just rolled with it and just really made it my focus and my passion um I played for Played for a club called Northwest Indiana United, um, most of my whole youth soccer scene. Good club. Uh, we just mostly stay in the Midwest, though. You know, we never won a state cup. We were never on that national scale. Um, so my junior, senior year of high school, I went and played for the Chicago Fire Juniors, mm-hmm. which is different from their academy. Academy was just starting, so I you know, I didn't want to go that route for one year. I just I loved my youth team. We were a good group of guys, but that was out in Chicago, and it really got me – involved and we went to some bigger showcases some bigger tournaments and got me put in front of a lot of coaches college wise that that's what I was looking for those last 2 years you know those are the crunch years if you're trying yeah. to play in college those are the years that you got to really get in front of people and I'm glad I made that move um which put me in touch and contact with Missouri State they came out to a few showcases I ended up going to Notre Dame's prep camp where I knew the coach from Missouri State would be at had a very good week and it just kind of everything went from there. I went down, visited the college, and just loved every aspect of it, and called it home for five years, five seasons, four and a half years, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just loved it. What was the recruitment process like? Was it
0: always Missouri State, or was I, were they there from an early, like, time, sophomore, junior year, and you kind of just focused in on then, or or you kind of branched out a little bit, and then kind of narrowed it down towards Missouri?
1: You know, I was pretty aggressive recruitment-wise. You know, I didn't, i wasn't getting the letters all you know i wasn't getting tons of letters in the mail it was mostly what i was doing to reaching out and it was like hey i would if we're going to a showcase i try to tell this to a lot of kids that i coach as well i was like you have to be proactive you can't just wait for the phone call or the email to come to you you know be proactive reach out to people and that's what i was doing back then i had an email i sent it out to all the coaches that i would see come to these showcases be like hey these, this is my schedule but would love to see you at the games like let me know and that's just that's what i did and it Sometimes I got a response sometimes sometimes I didn't um, most of the times I didn't but the ones who did respond well You know they were it was great and it got me just the feel for it and how to talk to the coaches and What they're looking for things like that and it really helped me grow Especially my junior year of high school and going into my senior year was when I started talking to Missouri State Seriously and starting to realize like hey, this is what I want to do I mean, I really wanted to play division one and um, I have nothing against any, you know, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA. I've played with some fantastic players that went that went that route. But for me, it was when Missouri State came calling. I just, I really wanted to go that route and, and be there and say I'm playing Division One soccer. Um, they had a they had a guy who had two more years left of eligibility, and and then another one who was a year older than me. So you know, I knew it wasn't the best situation to go into, but they've they've turned out a lot of good goalkeepers over the years with Matt Pickens and Lance Parker, both who have had great careers. Matt's still having a great career. Yeah. Um, so it was an environment that I knew would help me grow if I just wanted to go and put the work in. And I mean, I love the competition, so I didn't mind just working my way up and just continuing to grow as I watched the first two years and then was able to play my last three. So it was it was great.
0: I think that's interesting, you knowing the situation going in there. So I was kind of the same way. Like I had a school that I really wanted to go to, UNC Wilmington, um, just a great city, great soccer environment. And it was, again, they had goalkeepers where they had produced professionals mm-hmm. before. I had a go- uh, The head coach was a former MLS guy. Um, they had just had a goalkeeper drafted. So I was like, that's a place where I want to be, where I know the guy – can develop me into a professional goalkeeper knowing like I went in there knowing there was a goalkeeper right ahead of me a year uh, older than me. He was a starter from a freshman. Like I knew it was going to be tough and I didn't have a great college career, but I did have the opportunity to train at a high level and get myself prepared for the professional level. So it's kind of understanding it's, it's a tough balance because you got to find somewhere where you're going to get playing time, but also, you know, the connections are huge and Mm -hmm. developing as a goalkeeper is huge. Obviously, games are huge, but it's just finding the right, uh, the right mixture of playing time, competitiveness, the, you know, the connections, the development, all of that. So it can't just be, I feel like it can't just be one thing when you're, when you're choosing a college. It can't just be, oh, you know, they've got a really great, uh, they're a top 25 program, but you're not looking at, yourself in terms of what it's going to be over four years, not just the, you know, just the one year or things like that. So those are things I tell kids all the time. And like you said, I tell them to be proactive, like you have to be proactive. There's there's maybe, you know, like five percent of players who are going to be getting bombarded with emails. Hey, come here, come here. There's a whole group of players who like there's they're not going to know about you if you don't send out film, you don't send out emails, you don't ask them to come to games because there's just so much talent around. You just got to be proactive with it and put yourself out there. So true. So true. So college, how was that? How did You, you, you mentioned a little bit you had to uh, battle for your spot, a lot of competition in terms of players older than you, other goalkeepers on the team. Um, but in, in terms of your career, once you did get that opportunity, uh, what was your mindset like after having sat for a couple years and understanding, like, You know, I've got to play my role. And then when I step in, like, this is it for me.
1: So a big reason why I picked Missouri State was, you know, the coaching staff they had, I had the most respect for them even before going in. And during my time there, they just even more respect for them. And the way they go about it and it kind of what you just said, you have to find the colleges that work for you. And the way they run their program is very, very professional. And, you know, it's it's a lifestyle choice. You know, sometimes you're going to go to a place and it's gonna be, yeah, we have a soccer team, but it's, you know, it's not the priority, you know, you're going to training and that's about it, you know, it's not the main focus and they put such a huge focus on the team at Missouri State, the two coaches and it's, you're, you know, you're, you're living soccer every day and you, we're barely getting a day off, you know, we'd have a day off, but it really wasn't a day off most of the times and, but I didn't mind it, you know, growing, you know, the, my tactics, the way I saw games you know, i sat there those first two years and i redshirted my first one and then my second year i was actually i was on the bench as the backup and it was you know i'm just constantly watching and i'm seeing what the guys who are being being successful doing and i'm thinking about how i'm going to incorporate that when i get my chance and when i get like my sniff on the field the following year and that's what i did those first two years i just soaked everything in i was a sponge and i try to tell that to people too i'm like you gotta be a sponge just take what what's given to you what works for you and then just go with that and i did that those first two years and when i finally got the chance my third year we had an all right season we we won the conference um the conference regular season but if a year for me you know i had those ups and downs the consistency wasn't where i would have liked it to be um, and i think that was just because of the I wouldn't say nerves but you're just you're trying to find that rhythm and you know it's the first time that i was ever thrown into a situation where you're playing I don't know how many games in a three-month period. It's a lot of games, and it's yeah. just constant like bombardment, bombardment. It's like if you have one bad game, you got to learn how to switch it off and forget it, and get ready for the next game in three days' time. So, that was a big learning curve for me. Um, and I think as the time went on, I, I really started to figure that out. And you know, my senior year, I kind of I missed my old junior year due to injury, but my senior year things really came like together for me. And we had a great team, great group of guys. It was just one big family. Um, and we, we defended really well, so that helped me out a lot. Made <laughs> me look better than maybe I perhaps should have been. But, you know, I loved those guys, and, and you know, we had a great year. Um, didn't make it to the NCAA tournament, which is one thing I would have loved to have done. Just never made it. We would win conference regular season every year, but we uh, we had to win the conference tournament just because we would never be, you know, had a good enough RPI right. or ranking to get in. So we fell in the final three of, three of my four years there. So it was uh, always rough. a devastating miss, but it was – like the memories we made just winning the regular season and all of that is, I mean, I'll, I'll cherish those forever. It was such a great group of guys.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with like when you're saying like finally getting your opportunity and especially in the college season it being so short, you got to kind of have a short memory and, and it's tough to learn over a one month, two month process. I was kind of the same way, like I didn't get my opportunity, my real opportunity to be a number one until my senior year and we didn't have a great season and it was tough for me to adjust like I'd have a bad game or a not so great game and we we're literally playing two three days later even the next day and it's kind of like well I'm still thinking about the last game I'm still trying to analyze what I did wrong there and still that game's affecting the next game and it kind of snowballed to where I just didn't have a great senior season that I wanted to so it's it's definitely an adjustment going from sitting on the bench and watching you know, other people be successful in trying to emulate what they're doing and then actually stepping on the field and having to perform and and having to bounce back after you may make a mistake or things like that. So it's it's definitely a learning curve. Um, But I I would say it definitely helped me going into the pros, having a season like that, And then having the positivity of being able to step into the pros, having someone confident enough to sign me, and then getting that opportunity there. So I think that was good for me, um, both college-wise and professional-wise. So after your
1: senior year, what happened? Senior year went great for us as a team, but, you know, there was... There was nothing coming professionally. Um, I didn't get invited to the combine. You know, st- statistically, we were really, really high up there defending for a team like we had some of the m- one of the most shutouts in the country. Goals against was great, um, but didn't get invited to the combine. So I was I was pretty devastated by that because I, I felt that that was the end all be all. You know, you, to, to get a look, you had to get invited to the combine. Right. And uh, looking back, it's you know that's not the end of the world, but it's a huge thing, especially. You know, I went to a good college, but we weren't you know, we, we weren't top 20, so my name wasn't out there. And so I was kind of in a similar position to where I was back in high school, where I was on a great team, but just wasn't, you know, I wasn't being seen enough. And so it came down to my college coaches just, you know, putting my name out there. They were sending emails, making phone calls on my behalf, um, and a few of the other seniors as well. But and one just kind of came through, uh, an old connection with my college coach, with the uh, goalkeeper coach at Chivas USA. And He's like, hey, you know, we've started preseason already, so this is, this is end of January. So they've been in preseason two weeks. He's like, going out to Arizona for the last two weeks, you know, we've got a young guy in here looking to be our third, but, you know, have no problem bringing Trevor out, giving him a run, and see what he can do. I was like, absolutely, get me there. I was pumped. Didn't care. It was only for two weeks. Didn't care. They already had someone in, in the team. He wasn't signed. I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to enjoy the experience, and we're going to see what happens. So I went out there, we're in Tucson, um, actually played in tons of the preseason games. And every time I got a run, I, I did well. I just, I think the, the feeling of, I'm just gonna enjoy this moment. I treated it more of just an awesome experience instead of this is a trial, you gotta play well. And that just totally relaxed me. And I had a great, great couple weeks. And at the end of it, they're like, yeah, we, you know, we wanna sign you for this year. And I was that third spot going into the season. And halfway through the year, they got rid of their backup and I was dressing for the last half of that game uh that last half of that season I was like this is awesome you know I'm a rookie and just to travel around and be in the environments of Seattle and Portland and just to experience that you know and I was like from where I've come these last 10 months this is just you know a lot of fun and that was like I I'm gonna make this like this is my passion I'm pursuing this no matter what happens at the end of the year I'm gonna continue on and do this for as long as I can because you know I love this this is awesome and you know it was good It, it Kind of stunk when Chivas folded at the end of the year, but we all kind of knew it was happening. So just another, you just roll with the punches. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to get invited into preseason with New England the following the following year and ultimately earned a contract there. And I was the third choice for the whole season there. We had a really good group of goalkeepers. Um, but, you know, just constantly learning, you know, and it's, it was back to that college feeling of all right i'm not playing but what can i learn from these two guys in front of me who you know i respect and i think are great keepers and what can i learn from them so if i do get a chance or when i do move on what can i bring with me and that's that's what i did i just soaked it all in again and i'm just you know put my all into training and just continued to grow even though i wasn't seeing any minutes
0: so what was it like an eye-opening experience going from college level to mls like straight into an mls
1: preseason? Yeah, it was a bit. I think, uh, you know, soccer-wise, the talent, of course, you know, goes up tenfold. and it's, But you learn how to raise yourself to that level, and you realize that you can play at that level. You know, you, go, you do a finishing drill, and it's like, all right, these guys are – they're banging them in, but at the same time, you go, you know, I can make these saves too, and you just slowly build your own confidence. Um, I think the most eye-opening stuff was just how – much you were catered to and all the free gear you got and I was just (laughs) loving that you know just showing up every day and my laundry's done I was like this is this is great it's folded it's put out if I want an extra Gatorade protein shake I'm taking it and I just so I like I said I just I enjoyed every aspect of it and just you know really really had a good time there.
0: I think that's the biggest thing going from college to professional level. I think it's so, especially for, for goalkeepers, I think it's so mental, just understanding that you got to have the confidence in yourself. Because, I mean, while there is a level jump, the, there's more clinical finishing. Um, you know, it's a faster-paced game, especially at the MLS level. But you adjust. You know, you, you either adjust or you, you get cut, obviously. But there's, there's such a mental aspect to the game where – just the confidence of standing in and making saves and doing it on a consistent basis uh, really raises your level and raises your game. And you then you like you said you realize I can play at this level. You just you just have to believe in yourself um, to the point where you're doing it on a consistent basis. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things. Even like a level jump from high school to college, college to professional, it's uh, it's such a mental mental part of the game that you you've got to learn to grasp a bit. Um, so talk about your time after New England I know you're in New England for what, a
1: year I was in there for a year yep um, I went to preseason with them the following year but wasn't under contract kind of kind of knew where my situation was going to go and knew that they were going to keep the same two guys around again um, so their goalie coach had a good relationship with uh, the new head coach of NASL team Puerto Rico FC and you know we we sat down we had a really good talk and he's like hey would, I think it's the best for your career instead of staying here and training, you know, and being a third where you're probably not going to, unless due to injury, that's the only chance you're really going to have to even dress and then play. Um, you can go down there and battle for a number one spot. NASL, good competitive league. You know, this is, I think this is what you need is this is your third year as a pro. You need to get some minutes. And I was like, I totally agree with you. So, at the same time, it's hard to make that jump when you're at the top. You you know, you don't ever want to take a step back. Right. Um, and I, but I also didn't want to be that guy who just cruised around as a, as a third string my whole career, and just never, you know, we play the game, because we love to actually be in the game, you know, that, that's, that's how I feel about it, so I was like, hey, get me down there, let me try to get some minutes, and it was the best choice ever made, Um, went down there, we had another good goalkeeper in, um, who actually started the season as their number one, a little more experienced than me, so deserved it, totally, but we had a, kind of a bad run of games and early on and it was a brand new club so you know people around the island were excited I mean I was living in the Caribbean I was loving it uh, fantastic atmosphere at all the home games um, and halfway through that season I was given my chance and you know just didn't really look back after that I played the rest of the year we had a really good run went eight or nine unbeaten at one point and that was my first real, like, time getting just constant, continuous minutes since college, my senior year. So it was three years that I had gone without playing a level of really good games. And once I started getting that under my belt, the confidence was coming back. And it was, all right, this is – I remember why I love this so much. And so I just – yeah, it was fantastic. Um, played there two years. And then they actually folded as well. Unfortunately, I feel like the team I'm going to are folding on me. <laughs> I mean,
0: is, it, is this a Trevor thing? I, I He's mean, just I folding clubs left you know, and right?
1: That was, a, that was more of a hurricane, Maria and the NASL just getting, you know, ending as well. So those two things combined ended Puerto Rico FC. But, I mean, those two seasons there got me minutes that, you know, I probably wouldn't have gotten elsewhere. And just getting used to the travel. But playing on top of the travel and how to take care of my body were, were things I needed to do after three years of just being a training goalkeeper. know, it was like, all right, now how do I be an actual player when I'm getting minutes every week or twice a week? And it's, what do I need to do to take care of myself? What am I eating? And it was just a huge transition into, all right, let's take my game to the next level here and, and see where it goes.
0: I think it's such a tough conversation. Um, I've had it with a couple different People, goalkeepers, goalkeeper coaches at different levels. Just about being the number three in MLS versus going to a lower level, getting games. Um, obviously, I mean things are getting better in the lower levels in terms of pay and and just environments, training environments, and things like that. But. Um, there's still a lot of places where being a number three in MLS you make more money than being a starter in the lower leagues, and it's it's kind of a, a tough conversation. Do you have do you go somewhere and make more money, but you're not getting really getting an opportunity to play? I mean, you're really hoping for a really poor run of form or someone getting injured in order for you to even get in the team, or do you go to lower 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 levels and You know, hopefully you can take a number one job for a year, two years, and impress enough to hopefully get another Mm -hmm. opportunity in MLS. I mean, I know obviously everyone wants to be a number one in MLS, but there are only so many jobs. Um, So I guess it just depends on, you know, the stage of your career. Um, All of us want to get games. All of us want to compete. All of us want to play. And I think it's it's interesting because there's a lot of number threes in MLS who, you know it's a decision it's a tough decision um but obviously it, it differs with every single person mm-hmm. um so after puerto rico you went to richmond right
1: richmond last richmond. year correct okay.
0: and so you were in richmond had a good year there what was what was your what was your thought process after richmond did you want to stay in richmond i know obviously they had the league changes and everything um mm-hmm. Possibilities of going back to MLS like what, what is your thought process after that season?
1: Yeah, it was it was a quite interesting year at Richmond um, You know, we we didn't have the best year results wise um, for me. I, I played a ton of games um, And again, it was I transitioned again from the NASL to USL So it was again. It was a it was a whole new environment of travel and living and, and things like that And so it took me a little while to adjust to it Um but Richmond had a really good group of guys, and even though the results didn't go our way, and you know we didn't finish too well, I was still able to have some good performances where I was like, all right, I can build on this. Um, but at the end of the year, you know, they had made it pretty clear they were going down to League One, um, and and I had I had no issues with that. You know, I spoke to them and and had a good relationship with their goalkeeper coach, and I was like, hey, you know, if you want me to stick around, I, I'll happily you know stay here, um, but I'm also going to pursue other opportunities if they come up and. But at the same time, when you when you have a little bit of an off year, you know, if you're playing in USL, it, again, the emails, the calls, they're not coming in. You right, know, there's so right. many goalkeepers to choose from that – and there's only so many spots on the team that they can just pick someone else who's had a great year. And that's – I was kind of feeling that. And, you know, the season is a grind. We've, we've all been there when the unknown's just hanging over your head. And yeah. you're like, when when's that next paycheck coming in? When's that next phone call coming in where I can just get involved with the team? And you're just hoping for it to happen. Um and just by chance, you know, I was able to get in touch with, with uh, Tommy and Jay here at Birmingham, who are fantastic guys and who I had a great relationship with at New England. And I could see what they were building down here in Birmingham. And I just I really wanted to be a part of that. And I knew that Matt Van Okel was already here. It's tons of respect for him. He's had a great career, is still having a great career. And I was like, this is where I want to be because I know I'm a big fan of training. I love training. So I was like, get me in there where him and I can just train every day. I can tell he's like very similar to me where he wants to get after it every day. That's all I want to do because even if I'm not playing, it's going to improve me as a player. And the, t- the kind of guys they were signing were, you know, it was high caliber where you knew training was going to be good and it wasn't going to drop off or you had to just wait for games to play in. But the training itself was going to be very, very professional. And, you know, when when they gave me the opportunity to came out, come out for preseason, jumped at it. And, you know, I've, I've loved every second of being here as well.
0: So what's it been like uh adjusting to new cities new places new training environments new goalkeeper coaches i mean i think i've had in my career probably like seven different goalkeeper wow, yeah. coaches um so i know that it's tough to kind of adjust to a new personality a new way of training you may you said this is what your sixth year Yep. Like, you may have your habits and training, how you get prepared for practice, for games, um, and that may differ a bit um, with your goalkeeper coach. How do you adjust to those things in a new city, new training environment, new team?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I've always, as I mentioned, I try to be that sponge. So, I try to just adapt to the way the goalkeeper coach, you know, likes to do things. And, you know, I've had some good styles and I've had some other styles that were, were a bit different. Um but I've been able to pick and choose what works for me, and uh, and in some way, whether the style was good for me or not, I've I've learned to take the positives from it, and it's you know overall helped shape what I am today. Um, I've I've definitely had a few. Uh, the styles are it's crazy <laughs> out there because everyone has their own different way it's these days. You know, so it's, many yeah, different, it's so it's, many different it's, wild, it's wild. It's wild. I've done some weird things in training, that's for sure. Um, but this year this year's been a really good like refresher it's kind of you know as i mentioned matt matt likes to train the way i do and, and he's actually the goalkeeper coach here as well so you know he plans sessions that we both are really gonna like and it's like that high tempo lots of reps you know just really hitting the ground a lot a lot of live stuff you know it's not too much functional slow paced things to like turn the brain on it's just like getting gold make saves get up do it again and like, i love that that's kind of how i grew up doing it it was less like on the shape it was more just get in there make saves and enjoy it and then that's what we do every day and whether it's for 20 minutes 40 minutes you know we just we just work and it's been a really good pairing and I think over the last few years this is one of the better situations for training that I've really had a good time coming in every day and working and that's not to you know hit on anyone that I've worked with the last couple years but it's just I really feel comfortable every day that we come in and we do training because I know it's going to be something that I'm going to be feeling good after and you go into yeah. finishing or you're playing and you feel sharp because you've just seen you know a couple hundred volleys a couple hundred shots within 30 minutes whereas some places i've been it's you know you maybe you see like 50 to 100 because it's more slower pace and it's more this and more that and it's like all right that's good too and there's definitely days where you need to do that but i think for the most part i'm just for me i'm at my best when it's just come in work hard make saves and like when you're thinking less is when you know i play better and that's kind of what we do every day we just you know, just work hard enough where we're we we can not overthink things we're just naturally making saves
0: yeah yeah I think you can't really underestimate the importance of the goalkeeper union mm-hmm. um, and being comfortable in the environment yeah. that you're training because, I mean, every single day you guys are isolated, you're with that group of people, and you guys are, you know, working towards a common goal. Obviously, you're competing, um, Trying everyone wants to be the number one, but it's so important. I, I always, uh, like, think back to uh, in 2015 uh, when we won the championship, like, I always say the biggest reason we won the championship, I was so successful, we were so successful as a team's because our backup um, was probably like the best teammate I've ever had. Um, just in terms of he competed every day at a high level, and he always pushed me, but at the same time, he was always like my biggest fan. He was always my number one, and he always had my back, and I, that was one thing where I enjoyed going into training every day, because me him the goalkeeper coach where we were just like a good group mm-hmm. that worked together well and it's tough to go into environments I've been in environments where I just didn't really enjoy going to goalkeeper training I didn't really enjoy maybe not so much the goalkeepers around but just like the environment of where we what we're training in and I, I'm a little bit different I'm a little bit harder to adapt to other training habits um, like I'm just I just feel like I've been doing this for eight years like I have the way I like to train and it's just hard for new people coming in and that's a little bit on me but um just the environment is so huge i mean it's for field players for goalkeepers but it's i feel like it's more so for goalkeepers just because we're such a specialized group and we're so isolated um that you just have to have a good relationship for you guys to be successful
1: it's it's such a fine line because of course we all want to play but if you're not playing i know that if the roles were reversed I would want someone my backup being as positive as possible towards me picking me up giving me the confidence like I want to go into game day like just with that swagger of all right you know what like we're a good little unit he's ready if he needs to be but like I'm the man and like that's what I try to bring with Matt because like I said fantastic keeper and But we really kind of work well together and when he gets a clean sheet i'm the first one buzzing on the bench popping up going out there like let's go like that was awesome like that's we feed off each other and it's not a you know it's not just like a charade either i'm not just faking it to fake it and act positive you know i'm like i want the team to do well because it reflects on me you know even if i'm playing or not playing if team's got to do well so i want to be on a good team regardless and that means that someone else is getting clean sheets over me. I don't care. Like let's get clean sheets. Let's win games cuz in the end of the day, uh, you know, it, we're all trying to make the playoffs and I want to be on a team that makes the playoffs.
0: Right. We all want to be on a winning team. Yep. And there's yep. nothing nothing better than, you know, going on a D playoff run versus ending your off se- mm-hmm. or your pre- your regular season early and you're in off-season you know, in, in the middle of October. It's the we've worst. All, we've all been there. <laughs> no one wants to be uh, training for four or five months and trying to stay ready, and especially if you're in free agency, that's that's one of the toughest things mm-hmm. out there. But speaking of the offseason, what uh, what do you like to do in the offseason? What gets you ready for a season?
1: You know, I'm I'm one of those where I look forward to the offseason, um, and then after about a week, I'm so bored, I can't wait for preseason. Yeah, I'm the same uh, way. But it's – so I try to just – I try to really have that balance of, all right, I'm going to stay busy. Um, you know, I'm, I really like to just continue to stay active. And I don't train every day, but, you know, at least hit the gym. Go for a run, even though I hate running. I'll just do it because I'm bored. <laughs> you know, slow jog, though, nothing crazy. Um, but um, I, also, I try to get some trips in just to, you know, get out and you do something. Go somewhere, like get a change of scenery for a bit. See the family at Christmas, and it's kind of like – once the holidays are done, and you've sprinkled in a good amount of training and working out, it's like, all right, it's almost preseason time. And once January's here, it's like, all right, I've got through it. You know, I feel like that's the end of the off-season is once January hits, you're like, all right, I'm good. Almost time to go again. Like, let's, let's start getting mentally prepared for it all. But I try not to do too much leading up to that because, I mean, I don't think I would burn out, but I would just get, you know, I'd get tired of it. And I, I don't want to train every single day, I definitely don't want to not do anything because I'm one of those that loses it quick. You know, some guys can do nothing for three months and then come in and pick it out of the top corner right away. And I'm like, how do you even see that ball? I, I can't even right. see it if I don't do something for, you know, a month. So it's I have to stay somewhat active and, you know, at least do some type of training. But for the most part, I try to at least let the body recover. Uh, I'm trying to push this career as long as possible. So training nonstop for 12 months of the year isn't going to, get me playing you know late into my 30s exactly
0: i think about that every single day when i hit the ground and it takes me a little bit longer to get back up um but yeah i know what you mean i mean i feel like even we recently had four days off and it's like I get back in goal and I'm like, "Oh, my angles are terrible these <laughs> days." Like, what where is, is going goal? on? You don't like, even know where it's at behind <laughs> you, Exactly. Yeah. I'm struggling to to find an angle, in, at, even on the most basic of shots from 40 yards out. But um, I agree, you, it's you got to get away from the game a little bit and kind of you know step away, especially after a long season. Now that the season's been extended a bit, we're at eight nine months. I mean. That gets uh, that gets tiring. It's grueling, um, and you kind of just got to get away and you know enjoy alone time, family time, whatever it is that you know kind of takes your mind off things. But uh, you know, getting back into it is always one of the things I enjoy. Getting back to training, getting back to working out, getting fit, and all that. I mean, it's it's great. Um, but you know, the last thing I want to talk about what. Throughout a season, what does what does Trevor Spangenberg do outside of soccer? What do you do to keep yourself busy? I mean, we train in the mornings, and then you know it's it's basically the rest of the day to yourself. What it what keeps yeah. you busy? What keeps you happy in
1: life? I'll be honest. I love I love golf. So that golf's my huge you know hobby outside of soccer. I hear that a lot. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, really I've got some teammates yep. that that golf a lot as well. I grew up uh, I grew up playing with my grandfather, but was you know really wasn't too good um, would get frustrated easily and what kind of gave it up for a few years just because you know I was early on with MLS I just I was so focused on coming back from training and not going back outside in the heat and just <laughs> making sure I recover the next day so I yeah. could be 100% I was so focused on that that it almost burned me out mentally because I didn't have that getaway and the last few years I've started playing a little more a little more a little more and you know I try to get out you know once or twice a week and it's just it's great. It just completely lets me get away from from soccer for the day. And you know, if I've had a tough training, it's I go and it's four hours where I don't think about it. And when I'm done, I don't even care what happened at training that morning. It's like, all right, tomorrow's a new day. So it's been a really good buffer. Um, on top of that, do tons of coaching, um, just out around with 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 clubs here in the area. Did it last year as well. Um, I think it's it's something that later on in my career, when I'm done playing, I want to get into. Uh, and so the last. Two three years especially, I've really gotten my feet wet with that, and some really good consistent consistent opportunities with coaching. And I mean, it's it's good. It's it helps me see a side of it that sometimes I'm trying to get my point across, or in training I may be struggling with something. And that that evening I'm going to have that session like catered around a specific situation that maybe gave me trouble, or a topic that was it, that is giving me trouble, and it helps me think of it more from a coaching aspect as I'm trying to explain it to a 10 year old kid who has no idea what the topic how to go about the topic and I have to break it down for him helps me like learn all right this is where I'm this is what I'm doing wrong so in a way I kind of I bounce it off of myself as a player and how I'm coaching and it's I really enjoy it at the same time it can be grueling so I try not to do too much of it but I mean those two things golf and, and golf and coaching they take up they take up a majority of of my time that's yeah. for sure
0: I definitely agree on the the coaching and I think it gives you a totally different aspect or you see things from a totally different view and you kinda like start to look at your own training differently because you're seeing it from a coach's perspective and having to translate what you're learning in training to a ten year old so it teaches you to speak a different way and kinda like translate things a different way so that they can understand it and then also like when you're training just I find myself when I'm, when I'm training and I'm critiquing myself, I'm looking at things a little bit differently because I look at a younger goalkeeper's habits or his mistakes or things like that a little bit differently. Starting to look at my, my things a little bit differently so I can analyze my game and be not such a harsh critic on myself Mm -hmm. because I think that's one of the big things that's been a problem in my own career is just being way too harsh on myself in terms of training games, performances, things like that. Um, And I found it's been a, Bit more helpful with my confidence um, throughout this season, past seasons, um,
1: just that different perspective uh, has helped me a lot. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I, I was the same way, toughest critic. You know, I could go and, you know, get a clean sheet and I would go back and think about the few mistakes I made. Never you know, happy. Like, oh, I made this fantastic save, but maybe I could have done this instead. And it's like, why was I doing that? And when I started getting more involved with coaching and it's like, you know, these kids are flying around making fantastic saves. I could see maybe where the form's completely gone or maybe they gave up a bad rebound, but you know, it's training. They just made a great save and I'm just like, fantastic. You know, that that's big time. Like build off of that. And you don't you don't like harp on the negatives. You don't make them think, all right, that was a great save, but I should have done better. You know, you don't bring them down, you just continually lift them up and that's and if they mess up and they let a goal in where they've made a mistake, then you address it. But I think for me I found that if you keep the ball in the net. Or you think that maybe you could have done something better, but you still made that save, just build on that. Don't overthink it. Just go back to the basics. And I feel when I do that, that's when I'm playing at my best. And it's like, don't be tough on yourself for every miss. You know, if you didn't hit your, you know, that winger with that clip ball just perfect, but he still got there and kept possession, who cares? Just go on with that. You know, and next time, hit it a little cleaner. Just don't overthink it. And that's, it's been a big, big thing for me the last few years, is I've just slowly, I hope, I hopefully have brought down the criticism on myself and it's you know kind of made me more relaxed in training and when you, when I play with more ease like I talked talked about earlier when I'm natural and like just not overthinking things uh, that's when I'm at my best and I I've really been trying to get more into that zone lately and the yeah. coaching's helped tremendously with I that I couldn't
0: agree more I could not agree more well, Trevor, I think we've taken up enough of your time today. it Really good, it's appreciate been you coming by, uh, stopping by, and, and talking with us today. I think uh, a lot of great information that a lot of hopefully our listeners will take and, you know, kind of apply it to their game, their lives, their careers. Um, and it was good to, to get more information on you, get to know you a little bit better. Um, so... Once again, I thank you for coming out. Thank you. Um, Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to playing you guys tomorrow. It's going to be a good Um, one. It is. It'll It'll be hot, hot, but it'll it'll be good. I'm excited for it, man. But uh, thanks for coming out. And, hey, all the best in in the rest of the season and the rest of your career, man. Thanks. All right, guys. That was Trevor Spangenberg. We are grateful that he stopped by. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And uh, stay tuned for the next one. And that's another episode of the Last Line Soccer Podcast in the books. Once again, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate your support. As always, if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, head over to the Prime Focus Goalkeeping Facebook page to drop us a message. We also want to thank one of our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, for all the work that they do. If you're in need of great custom scarves for teams or supporters groups, head over to roughneckscarves.com to see what they have to offer. As always, take care and stay tuned for the next Last Line Soccer Podcast episode. Um.